The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries. Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Dan Scott Show. As you just heard, presented each and every week by Grand Slam Ministries. I am Dan. As always, just incredibly grateful to have you along with us. And as always, I know this will come as a shock to you, I feel like we've got a really good show for you today. Our guest coming up in just a moment is a guy named Chris Williams, who is a former NCAA Division II Athletic Director. He is currently the Director of Championships for the National Christian College Athletic Association. And in between, he took a two-year break from college athletics to battle a diagnosis of clinical depression and anxiety. And Chris is going to share that journey with us today. Answer the question, well, how in the world can a Christian get depressed? Well, he's going to tell you show you what God has used to bring him out of that and the fact that you know, maybe God does have a sense of humor, taking him out of college athletics and then putting him right back into it two years later. I hope you have been enjoying the program's last week's interview with T.C. Stallings, the War Room movie actor, uh, has continued to get traction. If you missed that or you missed any of the previous week's shows, you can always find them at the Affiliates and Archives page at danscottshow.org, or you can just search for the Dan Scott Show podcast anywhere you get your podcast. We're on virtually every platform out there. All you have to do is search, and you'll find it, and all the previous episodes are there. This interview, like most of the ones we do, is rather lengthy, so we want to get right to it. We'll take a break, let you hear something from Grand Slam Ministries, and come back and talk with Chris Williams in just a moment. Grand Slam Ministries exists to glorify Jesus Christ in multiple ways. Through this radio show and its accompanying online, digital, and video components. Through our sister websites, danscottshow.org and grandslamministries.org. And through furthering our core missions, mentorship, and providing food and other necessities to children. None of this is possible without your prayers and support. By making a gift to Grand Slam Ministries today, you'll not only help this program remain on this radio station, you'll help us grow our family of stations, allowing us to bring stories of God working in the lives of men and women everywhere to a larger audience. And at the same time, your gift will help us in the initial launch of those core mission programs. Grand Slam Ministries is in its infancy. We need your support. Will you help us today? Visit our website at grandslamministries.org and prayerfully consider a one-time or monthly gift today. Above and beyond anything else, please pray for our ministry. Thank you. And God bless. Like what you hear? Have a question or comment? Maybe a guest suggestion? Drop us an email and let us know. Dan at danscottshow.org And now, 
Back to the Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. All right, we are back, and I want to jump right into this interview with Chris Williams because, again, it's rather lengthy, but that's kind of what we want to do here, long-form, spending time with people, and, again, sharing stories of what God is doing in the lives of others. And Chris's story is one that I'm sure is going to resonate with a lot of people out there because mental health is something that is in the news on a daily basis. And Chris is a guy who has been very open in the last couple of years about his battle with clinical depression and anxiety. Mentioned he's a former athletic director at Southern Wesleyan University, and he guided that university through a five-year process of transitioning from an NAIA school to NCAA Division II. And it was through that process that he began to experience the symptoms of depression and anxiety. And as we opened the interview, I asked him if it was the thing that really threw him headlong into those issues. Yeah, I think it was the um, the thing that broke the camel's back. I, I'm not sure it was the reason why I have anxiety and depression. I think that as I've found through some, you know, just more time in life, I've, I found out that there's depression and anxiety within my family. And so it, it may be somewhat genetic, um, but also just um, a little of the the makeup of who I am as well. I'm, I'm high strung. Um, I really like to accomplish things. I like to go after things. I'd like it to be done well. And so that means in my mind, then I have to do all of those things. I'm a control freak. Um, and we've talked an awful lot about that over the years too. Um, I I do think that the, the role, and we've talked a number of times about this, that college athletics is a, is a fun place to be. It's rewarding. You have a place to really impact lives, not only of uh, student athletes, but of your coaching staff and uh, your support staff and, and all those people that you get to meet. And it's a cool job. At the same time, in particular in small college athletics where you are, you're really the enrollment department, you're really the revenue generator, and in today's world, you're really the reason why schools stay open or close. And so there's a lot of, there. there's a lot weighing on you mm-hmm. uh, along with the fact that you're usually not funded very well and and you're staffed not well enough and so you end up doing all the other duties as assigned um, you know in your job description you know I was talking to an AD friend last night on my way home from work and he said hey I you know I got an opportunity to be the PA announcer last night and I was like what what happened and he ran through the story and it just somebody couldn't show and all of a sudden they're doing the PA for the night and and that takes you away from all the other things that happen during an event. And then you, you stack on top of that the transition. And, and um, in particular, in our case, being a small Christian college, faith-based institution, trying to get into the NCAA, which is not a faith-based institution, uh, and all the things uh, stacked against you to get in. Um, the numerous times that when we were denied twice, and both times we were able to show the NCAA that they were wrong in their denial of us and uh, basically won. And um, didn't always make us the 
the favorite with the NCAA and the and the membership committee at the time, but it, it endured us to um, uh, the perseverance that it took to get done. But all of that, along with the team that I had, which was fantastic, from uh, Julia Reinega to Emily Germain and uh, Dr. Couch and um, uh, Dr. Brockington and the two presidents that that really helped us get through this. It it was a job well done, but it, it did take a toll on on my mental health for sure. Tell me where where did you go? What what was the what was the low part? How and and how did you realize that things were not good? Well, I, I just the coming home at night and and um you know sometimes you would get home at 10 10 30 at night after being in at 7 30 8 o'clock in the morning and um missing a bunch of things that your family was doing and again i have five kids and so there my wife is you know the rock star at home making sure that everything continues to go and and i'm out raising other people's kids and and then the pressure of um you know bringing in more and more revenue and it seemed like it was never ever enough and I think some of those pressures led to my sleep deprivation Mm -hmm. and I think that was the real trigger point was I would would come home and I was exhausted and needed to sleep and couldn't sleep and just lay there and and my head and my brain would spin and spin and spin. I couldn't go anywhere and it paralyzed me and it paralyzed me from being out with um, my family. I would literally just go back into my bedroom and go to bed 830 nine o'clock sometimes earlier just lay there and it would spin it also isolated me from friends and so they would ask me to go do things and I'd say no 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 I got to be at home or I'm tired or I haven't been home and so I should probably be at home Uh, and so I I stopped getting the feeding of uh, men need that time together Mm -hmm. you know whether it's just to go down to a Clemson game um, whether it's just to hang out have wings whatever I wasn't doing that anymore um and then just the battle internally of questioning uh, the self-doubt uh, really started to creep in. And again, like I said, I'm usually a very joyous and confident person, and I had gone the other direction. I had become, my brain was very negative, um, and I started to doubt that I could even do what I had been doing for the last 25, 26 years. Uh, and being in college athletics, I started to doubt everything that I did, and and one day I just went into my VP's office and broke down and said, I, I don't think I can do this again. I, I think I'm out. And um, that was the beginning of, I'll use the word recovery, but that was the beginning of my journey of understanding the battle of anxiety and depression. Chris Williams is joining us. He is the director of championships for the National Christian College Athletic Association, longtime friend, and, and we have done uh, a couple of interviews uh, about this over the years, but I uh, thought it was worth recapping and uh, bringing it before a new audience here uh, on the uh, Dan Scott Show. So a- as you're talking about this, um, I-, I have the benefit of, of seeing you and, and watching your facial expressions and, and gauging your emotions a little bit. Is it still difficult for you to talk about? Is it therapeutic for you to talk about? Is it both? Yeah, I'm uh, actually... A little surprised at how emotional I am at the moment, just rehashing some of it, and um, it's hard. It's uh, 
I mean, you were one of the first people that I talked to publicly about this. And uh, I wanted to do it because I didn't want another, in particular, very specifically, that men would, would really look deep inside themselves and start to be able to set boundaries, barriers, protections, uh, and to be honest about how they were feeling. I, I interviewed Spartanburg County Sheriff Chuck Wright for uh, a recent edition of the show. And we actually got to talking about this particular subject with men. Men are wired, at least most of us, I think, are wired to be fixers. We're wired to think that we don't need to ask for help, that we can do things on our own. And, and that is, at its core, I think, one of the worst traits that we have and it leads to a lot of things like being a knucklehead number one sometimes <laughs> and and number two in in the, the the very worst case scenarios it leads to what we're talking about here where you went uh, it, was that your experience that you you were afraid to ask for help or you just didn't ask for help because hey i'm a man i'm supposed to be able to handle this yeah and i'll even add that i'm dumb uh, well, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew that's what you were thinking. Yeah. So some things are, you know, kind of yeah. obvious, but <laughs> right. Well, that goes back into our whole Cincinnati, Chicago, Cubs, and uh, right. Reds, and all that yeah. stuff. And, so. and and you notice? Did you notice I did not bring that up this time? Well, so far, I mean, we're a couple minutes into this thing. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. There's and I got to sit in this room with all the Cincinnati paraphernalia, and mm -hmm. it's killing me right now. <laughs> but to, to answer your question, it, yeah, I mean. Uh, all of those things I, you know, at the same time, I, I guess I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. right. And so some of it is just, and I think we've seen this in the world in the last number of years that mental health has become more of a, uh, hot topic, or at least it's out there that we can, we can talk about. And sometimes it's very negative, sometimes very positive. And I, I kind of find the discussion to be fine. Where I want to drive it is, is that, um, in particular for me, is that I want to be able to talk to guys um, in my little world of athletics that it's okay to talk about, but you also can't use it as a crutch. Right. You've got to, just like if I want to be able to get off the bench and to play, well, then I have to be realistic about my strengths and my weaknesses. And then I have to go and attack those things every day in practice, and I have to show coach why I should be in the game. I can't just say it. Well, I want to be in the game, coach. Okay. Like any any coach is going to go. Okay. Well, show me that I can trust you, and I can put you in the game. And so I have to do the same thing. I have to be honest with where I'm at. What are the What are some of the strategies I've put into place when my anxiety starts to heighten, so that then I'm prepared to be more successful, right? And I've had to do that through counseling. I've had to do that through prayer. I've had to do that with just under self-reflection and understanding a little better about myself. Um, and those strategies are working for me. It's not always 100% perfect, but I can find ways then to recalibrate, to use that word again. I, I was telling you a couple weeks ago, I, I knew I needed to go talk to my counselor. It had been a little while, and I just needed to go in, and we just needed to ha rehash 
through th some things and I needed to be reinforced that what I was doing or what I have been doing has helped and it will work and that my worry can be conquered. There are <clears throat> undoubtedly people who are listening to this today and I'm sure that you have come across this over the last couple of years. You, you are obviously very open about your faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm sure the question has come up, well, how can a Christian battle depression? Aren't you supposed to be full of joy and, and all of these things? So so how does that happen to somebody who claims, quote-unquote, to have a faith in Jesus Christ? Have you heard that question? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have, have you asked that question? Yes. Yeah, I, I've been angry. Um, and somehow I've been able to turn it into I'm almost thankful that I'm gone through this or I continue to go through it and uh, I see it as now it's it's my it's been an opportunity to have discussions with people it's um, maybe even helped me with myself and understanding who I am and some of my own weaknesses um, and so I, I don't I don't necessarily know the answer to the question of I think I'm still in the world and things are going to happen in it and I kind of turn it around because I'm, I'm simplistic and I live in the athletics world and I equate everything to athletics. But, man, when the other team goes on a run, what's my response? I just turned the ball over. Okay. What's my response? I just found out I have anxiety and depression. What's my response? And so I, I – I think some ways the training that I've had over my 52 years of being in athletics has helped me to continue in this battle with anxiety and depression. And I say it that way because I think that now I have an understanding that I have this thing. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to rule me like it once did. And, you know, one of the things, too, that in, in basketball terminology, when another team goes on a run, what do you do as a coach? You call a timeout, yep. Yep. and and you called a timeout. Yep. Yeah, refocus. And I give my wife a lot of credit for that. I, we talked about that at length before, but um, both of us have social work background, um, some counseling, and, I mean, we didn't see it and because you just get going in right. life. And, and uh, sometimes the people closest to you, you, you just don't notice some of the changes because it happens slowly over time. And, but at the same time, she was able to to really then call the time out, right, and said, "Well, you're not, you're done with work. I don't, it doesn't matter. Like your mental health, you are more important than all those other things." Um, and that that's been kind of my story now, or my advice to ads who who are in the midst of their daily life, um, the juggling that they do. You know, like I was telling you, I, I was talking to an ad yesterday and. I just said, so how are you doing juggling all this stuff? He's like, you know. And I said, yeah, I do know. And what are some of the things, and we kind of walk through some of the things that, that this person's doing. Uh, but, but isn't that very much like like God? Because he, he will bring us through things. He'll, we will go through things that he either allows to happen, or sometimes, as we know, he will send things yeah. to try us and test us. So when we're all said and done with it, that now we can use that experience to help somebody else. I have seen it 
in, in my life with, and you know, my testimony, and it sounds like that you're getting the opportunity to do the same thing with other people in your profession that, that your antenna go up when you see a guy who may be yep. doing too much and you can speak to him from an experience that you couldn't do three or four years ago. Yeah, I guess it gives you some kind of credibility. Um, and somebody sees the, the tire marks across your face, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and and, and some of it is just it's the it's the over years. So I've I've been in college athletics, small college athletics for thirty years, and so I've done life with a number of these people from across the country, um, for all of those years. And so for us, just I I think at times, like you said, like we're so driven to do these things, and they're and they're good and they're right. But it's also good and right to protect yourself and to find some balance. Um, and to take care of yourself, you, these, these ADs, these coaches, these student athletes, they, they really do so much to serve so many other things and people. Uh, and I think we do that in business world, church world. And at times we, I think we need to be a little bit more selfish and, and take care of our own self and heart. Visiting with Chris Williams, the director of championships for the national Christian college associate athletic association talking about his uh, journey through clinical anxiety and depression um, how did how did it affect your relationship with Lisa how did it affect your relationship with your kids I think it was something that brought us even closer together um, I, I think I think in particular with our with our kids it just uh, really to be able to have even more conversation. I I think so much of my kids and my and my kids really stepped up to be very verbal and present in my life. Um as young people that's that's in in particular with your parent that's not always the easiest thing to come across but I really give them a lot of credit for being very encouraging um and pushing me mm -hmm. forward again. Um and even in you know, as I contemplated getting back into college athletics, which is which felt like the, you know, back to your earlier question, felt like the thing that really broke me. Um, you know, I I wondered, well, should I do this? You know, and they were the ones that really said, no, you're, this is what you you're called to do, and and can it be different and still joyous and, um, the thing that you're called to. And, and the answer was yes. But I think a lot of that was because my kids were really there for me and encouraged me. Because I asked them the question, again, it, I was gone a lot. Whether I was at games at the university or on the road with meetings or on the road watching our teams compete. Uh, so I, I missed things. But all along the way, I tried to incorporate my kids in that, and they had opportunities that they now say are things that they will never forget. Mm -hmm. They're memories that we made um, and opportunities that they got because of that. Uh, and I guess I never really – I I was hopeful that's what was happening, right? But I didn't know what they thought. So it was great to hear that from them, and I think that's what – to go down that road, I think it brought us closer together with an understanding of that. And and now we're, we have open discussions about their – potential for these things if it is genetic mm -hmm. um that, that they may have to deal with some of this too 
Chris Williams joining us on this week's edition of the Dan Scott Show. So how did your relationship with Christ factor into your recovery to this point? Uh, I'm going to use the word real. There's times in your life when you go through and you just kind of float and go, and I think that's where I was. Um, again, it, it'll, it's going to sound like an excuse, and it likely is, but the busyness got to me, in, in particular with my own faith. And and even as a leader in a Christian environment, um, you can push and pull things away or, or uh, pull them closer, and there was always that tug of war that happens mm-hmm. and happened. This was a likely even a little wake-up call for me in, in my, my own faith journey. Um, and, and like I said earlier, there was times when, in particular early on when it broke, that I was angry, um, even to the point where I was calling God out and saying I needed to see things and I needed to see them now. And, and uh, uh, that, That's always fun. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> That'll go. That's the knucklehead part, right? <laughs> and um, so I'm going to give you one example. I, and I think I've shared this, but I, I, we were talking about this the other day. I was with someone, and I basically said, you know, God, if you really care and if you're really there for me um, and you know all this that's going on with me, then, you know, I need I need a sign that you're there. And, and uh, birds had become important to me. We were talking about birds when I walked in right. this morning, and, um, and and the destructive mess they're making out of my wife's bird feeder. But that's yeah, another that, story. That's Sam at my house. So, <laughs> so that morning I walked out, front door, boom! I hit the front door, and there's the sparrow on the walkway. As I'm walking towards this bird, I'm thinking, uh, "Is this is this really the thing that God's gonna?" get my attention with today and I said surely not you know it's just a bird so I, I walked right at the bird but the bird didn't move and I'm this far away from the bird you know two three feet and I realized that God was saying I see you I sent this bird I see you and that's uh doesn't always work like that necessarily yeah. but there there's been a three or four things over the last number of years that have that I've encountered, um, and a lot of times, Dan, out of my own anger and question, and he's showing up. Billy Graham told a story a number of times about when he was in Bible college down in Florida that there was a place that he would go to off of a golf course, secluded. He would be the only one there. He would go there in the evening and, in his words, have it out with God when something happened and one of the examples that he used was God I know I'm not saved because I just lost my temper with this guy and invariably God would speak to him and and say hey it's fine repent go make it right and so I I I think the reason I'm bringing that up I, I think there are enough examples from people like Billy Graham but there are examples in the Bible where people had those kind of frank conversations I mean read Psalms read Psalms David is is it's incredible the number of times he's saying, God, have you forsaken me? You know, where are you? But then he always comes back at the end to the praise and the acknowledgement and the worship. So 
I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as it's done, uh, obviously, in, in the right way. And, and God will let you know if it's not right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not always sure I've done it right. I can guarantee you I have not. Um, well, you're in good company, though. Yeah, well, and I would bet that most of us would say that. I mean, how many times have you been compared to David? Well, I'll use the word knucklehead again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there are, there are a number of things that as we've come out of this, what I would call the unstableness of the battle with anxiety and depression to what's more of a stable now journey with it. Um, you know, we, I questioned what would I ever do if I didn't work in athletics? And God said, don't worry about it. My wife starts working and she had been doing it. We had homeschooled our, our children. Remember we have five kids. And so that was a long journey for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden she starts teaching online that comes in and, and, sh- and she's excelling and finding success there. And, and God just totally said, here you go. And that, that was a, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not even sure we, Lisa probably prayed for it. I just basically said, what are we going to do? And he provides. We we had felt like we needed to do something maybe a little different with church. And during the pandemic, like everyone, we didn't know what to do. Do you go? Do you stay home? Do you watch it online? And so we were watching The Chosen for a little while, which, mm-hmm. is, which is actually pretty cool. Yes, it is. Um, and I would say season two is even better. Well. We're five episodes into okay, season three. Okay, my bad, my bad. I'm, I'm behind. Yes, you are. Yeah, thank you. So, Not unusual, but yes, <laughs> you are. <laughs> so, so we, end up, we end up going to this home church. And, and at first we thought, well, this is kind of weird. Like, you go to somebody's house, there's like four or five other families. Um, some of my kids attend this church, and it's the coolest thing. Like we eat dinner together, everybody brings something and then we hear from our pastor and then we discuss what the pastor talked about, which is so weird, right? Like what pastor does that? Um, and yet you find out that's really how Jesus and the dis- disciples did church. Right. And so that's been refreshing. Um, and then, and then God basically with my own like journey over the last number of years of, realizing that he's given me a skill set and that it's not just necessarily to work in college athletics because I ended up working for my brother-in-law with zip lines and climbing walls and and I was able to figure out how my skill set works with them and and then all the opportunities I've had to volunteer from the funeral home which is what's that's a whole story in itself to working with the local high school um, the opportunities to be able to then to what I see it as is impacting all of those places and those people, but the blessings that I and the impact that I have felt back to me because of the changes and the things that I thought were question marks and the what ifs all basically became the phrase, I've got you. And why did you worry about it? And when you finally see that, and, and, and it's hard to see, but when you finally see that, there's an incredible comfort, isn't there? Yeah. And and honestly, Dan, there's a cockiness that comes out of it, right? It's like, well, of course, God gave me all of these things. I have this skill set. Boom, I, let's go. 
and, and so sometimes I've got to I've got to then step back again and be like, okay, well, settle down, Chris. You and I were just talking about this. I can't get ahead of what his call for my life is, and it's so easy for me as I as I continue to come through uh, this journey, and Lisa and I come through this journey. Like we have to slow down a little bit and be like, okay, I've I've got to continually be um, with him, not ahead of him. Right. You know, I, I recently spoke at my uh, good friend, Pastor Heath Bowie's church, uh, Union Baptist Church down in Lawrence, and second time, so that's how crazy he is. He's brought me back yeah, to speak. Yeah, he's nuts. Yeah, he is, but, um, uh, you know, and, and maybe he won't be pastor there longer. I don't know after, <laughs> after that, but uh, no, no, Heath does a fantastic job. I love that congregation uh, and, and was just incredibly blessed to be able to get a chance to come back, but I spoke on finding God's purpose for your life and and basically how I got to where we are right now with this radio show and Grand Slam Ministries and and the entire process where I probably took a lot longer than it should have trying not to get ahead of God because of some previous mistakes. But I, but I already had a talk put together about that, and, and then you know this, God will send you confirmation that, yeah, this is what he wants you to talk about. I spoke on, on Sunday, obviously, on Tuesday— one of the people I listen to when I get the chance is Chip Ingram. I hadn't listened to Chip in probably two or three weeks, so I happened to flip on his program when it came on at 9.30 on, on Sirius XM. And lo and behold, what's he talking about? Finding God's purpose for your life. Mm. And, and he used the acronym SHAPE, S-H-A-P-E. The S, spiritual gifts, what are yours? The H, heart, what's your passion? A, abilities, what are you good at? P, personality, how are you wired? And E, experience, what have you done? And how has God prepared you? You just went through all of that. Yes. He shaped you yeah. into what you are now. Yeah. So I think that's great. And I, I think the message, again, I keep circling back to this, is now is to sometimes, again, and, and I think this can fit into everybody's circle of life or in your world that you're living in. But in my world of athletics, I now need to just check in on people and, and, and push the pause button for them. Mm -hmm. And I, and I've actually even found that, you know, getting back into college athletics, I've done that less. And so on the ride home yesterday, I tried to plug back in with some people realizing I hadn't done that. And to remind people of, we've got to go and, and pause in order to evaluate all of those things, because mm -hmm. it's way too easy just to go, oh man, it's Friday. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna lay on the couch Saturday and Sunday and try to get ready again for Monday and go back and do it again. But did I ever do any reflection of all of those things you just said? No, no, because life is so busy and we allow it to be busy. Um, Yes, I, I've been able to go through some of that, but I, I need the constant reminder, uh, just like I think the rest of us out there in listening world. Chris Williams with us. We've got about five or six minutes left. Where are you now in this journey? Well, I'm glad you added that because I was going to say we're sitting right here in the studio. But uh, uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm in a good spot. I, I Lisa and I are, you know, really – we're family of we we say a family of three because I've got one kid who's in in college. <clears throat> He's in Switzerland, and that's a whole nother man. That's just been that's pretty cool. Uh, one in high school, and so you know life is life feels good to be able to 
to um, so do some things that we haven't been able to do. To, mm-hmm. um, at at the same time, it's you know we're you know we've we're older, you know, and so we're trying to figure out what that means. But but um, I would say the joy is back. Um, I feel like I'm the who who God desires me to be. Um, I have a little bit of the baggage still there. I think I'm like I said. I think I'm always going to have that. But I think through counseling, through um, through self reflection, through people uh, encouraging me, reminding me, shaping me, and uh, and and trying to stay engaged in my own faith journey. Um, and it, and, it and, feels be, good. and 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 do something as we talked about a minute ago. That's not easy for men to do and that's allow yourself to be vulnerable yes yes and 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 i thank you for asking me to be here again today because obviously i needed to feel some of those emotions that that i think that's the reason why i'm here today is to is to is to understand where i've been again and feel it because uh, it's easy just to look back and go oh, i was there well there was dark I mean, it was the worst place I've ever been, and I really don't want other people to have to go there. If we can, if we can go ten steps short of that, great. If we can go a hundred steps short of that, even better. Well, so I let's think, talk I, about it. I think the most important thing is wherever there is, Jesus is there. Yeah, and if we can be that extension while while He's given us this day, this time on Earth, like tonight, I'm going to go and be part of. Um, my son's high school basketball team as a volunteer coach. And my job, I think, is to be there and love on the guys mm-hmm. and be an encouragement. If I can do that today, then I feel like I've won. So if there are really anybody listening, but you, you obviously gear this mostly towards men and, and because of, of your experience. So someone's listening who may be going through this and, and, and not – to this point, uh, they've, they've not been willing to, to open up and, and to talk to somebody about it. What would you say? I would say you need to talk to somebody, especially as a guy. Uh, and I would say you need to talk to a professional 100%. I, I thought, I actually said this yesterday in the office at the National Christian College. I, I said, well, I, I didn't think I was that nuts. And I, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, but I also say that just flat honest. Like, I really needed to go to counseling. I really did, and there's nothing wrong with that. I had this negative thing about it, even though I have some credits in counseling, you know, from my college days and my social work degree. You know, I I needed to have my counselor, who's a professional, be able to pull some things out of me so I could recognize it and then reflect upon it and then build a strategy to protect me around it. And I can't do that by myself. Right. And I think one of the things that, that we have to remember is, is that God has provided us with people who have that expertise to do it. I, you know me, I put off having the weight loss surgery a long time, and my Sunday school teacher had been after me for a couple of years, and finally he said something that resonated with me. He said, Dan, God gave those surgeons that skill for a reason. Yep. And that's the one thing I couldn't shake. Yep. And so while we are supposed to take all of our cares to the cross and, and share them with Christ. 
God has also provided people and avenues here on earth to help in his wrapping his loving arms around us. Yes. And and I would say seek out people, you know, around you and just check in with them. You know, I, I've done that with other pieces of my life and I now try to do that with my own mental health and and just have other people out there who who can ask the question and and uh, maybe they see me once or twice now, you know, throughout the number of weeks. Great. Check in, see how we're doing and um encourage me along the way. I, I need to find those people too. And I know you've been willing to talk to other people who have been going yes. through something like this. I, yes. I won't ask you to, to publicly give out your phone number, but I will say if you'd like to get in touch with Chris, if you'll just drop me an email, dan at danscottshow.org, then I'll get the two of you together. And um, Yeah, and I'm on, I'm on Twitter if, if people use that platform. Uh, I think it's Williams of SC. Um, you can find me there. And we can drop me a what do you, I don't even know what you call it a DM, and we'll and we'll connect. It's good to see you. Well, first of all, it's just good to see you, um, because with my job and and with you back on the road again, we don't get to see each other, perhaps as often as as we used to or should. And and maybe that's a good thing for both of us. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't think so. But but it, but it's it, it's good to see you smiling. It's yeah. good. It's good to see you. It's good to hear me laugh, and that's one of the things my kids have said yeah. is that your laugh is back, which is how some people have met me for the first time because they heard me. Laughing at you or with you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Thank you so much again, my friend, for for your vulnerability, for your willingness to, to open up. Um, I know that you've already had a tremendous impact on other people, and I know that God's going to continue to use you. Well, I appreciate it, and and I, just a shout out to you for staying on this journey to get on the radio again. And um, we're praying that this continues to go, and that God blesses this journey uh, in the Dan Scott Show. Appreciate you, my friend. That is Chris Williams. I will uh, remind you once again that if you'd like to get in touch with him, uh, just send me an email, Dan at danscottshow.org. And I will make sure that I connect you to, or as he said, you can find him on Twitter and connect there. We will take a break and come back with more in just a moment. Don't go away. Is there someone in your life who has been a spiritual mentor? An influence so great that you'd love to find a way to honor them? For a gift of $200 or more to Grand Slam Ministries, you can dedicate a segment of the Dan Scott Show to that very special person. Honor someone who is currently in your life or remember the legacy of a loved one who has passed. Make your gift online at grandslamministries.org and we will send you an information form which will allow you to tell us all about this special person, how and why they were a spiritual influence, their favorite Bible verses, and anything else that you would like to share. In doing so, you'll be covering our cost of one week's production, helping ensure the Dan Scott Show stays on air and continues to share stories of loved ones like yours. In addition, you'll get your own copy of the program in which your loved one's story airs, either by MP3 or CD. Help the legacy of your spiritual mentor reach others with your gift of $200 or more today. Do so online at grandslamministries.org. That's grandslamministries.org. 
Want to see a listing of our affiliates? Check out videos or listen to past shows and explore our archives? It's all available at our website, danscottshow.org. And now, back to the show. Back to wrap up this edition of the Dan Scott Show. Our thanks to Chris Williams for bearing his soul, sharing his battle with mental health issues, clinical depression and anxiety, an ongoing battle. And, you know, I, I thought it was important in that interview to ask that question, how does a Christian who's supposed to be full of joy and all of these other things that Christ brings us. How does a Christian battle anxiety and depression? And I think you got a great insight into that. Number one, and the most important question, is that we are humans living in a fallen world. And we are not, just because we're Christians, um, immune from some of these issues or all of these issues that are out there. And I I thought Chris, again, being willing to be open and transparent about his battle was important. The fact that God has put him back into college athletics, has him back on the road traveling again, just shows the power of God's redemptive grace and mercy and his healing power. And it also shows that he is at times going to take you out of the fire, refine you, and then put you right back into the fire. And that's what he's done with Chris. And uh, I would just suggest to you that you take him up on his offer. If you have any questions, if, if you or someone you know is battling with mental health issues, you know, find counselors in your area. Find Christian counselors if you can. Uh, But don't be afraid to reach out to Chris. And and if you want me to get you in touch with him, you can shoot us an email here, dan at danscottshow.org, and I will be happy to connect the two of you, uh, and he will gladly uh, listen to you and help you in any way that he can. Over the final few minutes that we have here, uh, I want to talk about What's next for this radio show and for Grand Slam Ministries? Uh, as I have shared with you in the past, the idea for the show came about as, as part of the, the bigger picture of Grand Slam Ministries, and I determined early on, after a lot of prayer and talking with my mentors, that I was not going to put this radio show on the air on the flagship station until we could prepay the first full year of airtime for two reasons. Number one, to give it a solid foundation, and secondly, to allow it time to grow and to avoid the previous mistakes that I had made earlier in my Christian life when I thought I was doing things that God wanted me to do, and it turned out that I was just asking God to bless what I wanted to do, and none of that works. So, through his grace and his provision, we were able to get that done. And so now, what's next for Grand Slam Ministries, and what's next 
for this radio show. Well, the bottom line is that we want it to continue to grow. I feel like the stories that we are putting out there with people need to be heard to a wider audience. And of course, we have core missions of mentorship and helping children at Grand Slam Ministries that we want to get started. Do we need people who can underwrite this thing with the stroke of a single check? Absolutely. Absolutely we do. But the reality of the situation is that long-term sustainability is going to come from everyday people like you and me who decide that this is something that they can get behind and that God is leading them to support. And I want you to think about this for just a moment. When I talk about sustainability, I'm talking about initially if we could get between 100 and 200 people giving $25 a month and the same number of people giving $10 a month, this radio show could be on the air coast to coast and we could start funding programs for our core missions well ahead of schedule. The initial time frame that I had in my mind was a three-year process. Last year, 2021, was getting the corporation formed and the, the nonprofit form, the 501c3, getting all of that done and, and basically me learning what it takes to do all of that. Year two, which is what we are just beginning now, is a year designed to get the message out, to get the radio show on the air and to expand it and get people accustomed to hearing about Grand Slam Ministries. And then year three is when, if God blesses, we expect to be able to start really focusing in on those core mission programs. Now, last year we already did some things to help some people in our area. We expect to do that again this year. But just looking at it in a three-phase process in the big picture, that's what my vision for Grand Slam Ministries is. And, and this second year that we are just beginning is, I think, the most important one because it's the one where we are trying to get the word out. But if, if God blesses and we get that 100 to 200 people giving $25 a month and the same number of people giving $10 a month, that accelerates the timetable and allows us, as I said, to get the radio show on coast to coast on as many as, as 40 stations or more and also allows us to get a head start on those programs of mentorship and helping children which are so very important and so very dear to my heart. So what I'm asking you to do today is pray. You know, you, you listen to uh, preachers uh, on many of these same radio stations, and, uh, you know, everyone is asking for your financial help. And, and for the most part, most of them are coming at you from the right place. I mean, I contribute every month, for instance, to Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point. It's something that I believe in, and I wish I could contribute to three or four others, and in the future, that's my plan. All of those people have things they can offer you, resources, books, study guides, and things like that. Right now, Grand Slam Ministries doesn't have any of that. As I have stated before, we are the most 
startup of startups where this is coming from. God has blessed us to get this radio show on the air. He's blessed us with five radio stations, only one of which we have to pay for, and two uh, internet-only stations. And and speaking of which, I want to welcome to our uh, family, cornerstonechristianradio.net. They joined us last week uh, and officially joining us this week uh, as far as promoting it throughout the week. They're based in Los Angeles. Melanie Bugsy has uh, jumped on board with this thing with with great enthusiasm. And, and then Lance Teal and his radio station, WMNZ, down in um, Montezuma, Georgia. He's also jumped on board with us, as has Lake Kiwi Radio Online here in the upstate of South Carolina. So just in the last week, we've added three new affiliates. God has blessed us in that area. My goal, again, is to get this thing as widely disseminated as possible, but to do it on God's timetable and not mine. And that's been my prayer from the very beginning. And folks, I'm not exaggerating when I say I pray this prayer every day. God, open doors you want open close the ones you want closed, and give me the discernment to know the difference. So I'm just asking you to join me in praying about this, and this is going to run on God's timetable. It's not going to run on Dan's. I just ask for your prayers for that discernment, that I will not get ahead of him in this venture, and that above and beyond everything else, He is the one that is glorified and Jesus Christ is proclaimed, not Dan Scott. Thank you for your time. Next week, we have a lady named Molly McManamy, who is an NFL agent sharing her faith out in Las Vegas. How about that? Until then, thank you again for joining us. I'm Dan Scott. God bless you and so long, everybody.